0: Good morning and welcome to Go in Peace, a daily podcast from the Houghton College Chapel office, where each day we take a look at one of our college lectionary texts and we ponder provocative thoughts so that we can truly go in peace to love and serve the Lord. My name is Michael Jordan. I'm dean of the chapel here at Houghton, and it's my privilege this week to share with you. This morning is a two, or sorry, Wednesday, September 30th, and it's my privilege to share with you about the love of God this week. All of our college lectionary texts focus on the love of God. And so today's readings are the 69th Psalm, Song of Solomon 2, 10 to 17, and Galatians 2, 15 through 21. And I'll go ahead and read the text from the Song of Solomon this morning. Again, Song of Solomon 2, 10 to 17. My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. For now, the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth its figs, and the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. Oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the covert of the cliff, let me see your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Catch us the foxes, the little foxes, that ruin the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. My beloved is mine and I am his. He pastures his flock among the lilies until the day breathes and the shadows flee. Turn, my beloved, be like a gazelle, or a young stag on the cleft mountains. The Song of Solomon is quite a book. Uh, If you uh, have taken a look at our college lectionary, you might know that um, I make it kind of a priority each year to include texts from all 66 books of the Bible in there, so that if if you're on campus and you come to morning prayer every morning, you will hear uh, all 66 books read in the course of a year. It's just been something I started doing a few years ago because it really was important to me to take a look at what we were prioritizing reading, and I just wanted people to get a a full uh, glimpse of what the the Bible is like. So that said, uh, there are several books that it's sort of hard to find places to use. (laughs) The book of Nahum is extremely challenging. And the Song of Solomon is another for entirely different reasons. I mean, the text kind of makes you blush. It's a love poem, and its uh, symbolism is at times uh, fairly blunt. Uh, and uh, we read it, and it's it's hard for us to imagine uh, that this text made it into Holy Scripture. Um, I imagine, I don't know if any of you are reading it. I mean, hearing a 42-year-old guy read it, like, that could just feel like, wow, that's a little... Like, for many people, imagining their dean of the chapel reading this text is a little different. So it's it's a challenging text, right? It's And part of that is because of the challenge that we have imagining um, that, that God's love for us is anything like the love that a husband and wife feel. We really, in the end, find it very hard to believe that. And yet, even if I were to omit Song of Solomon from the year's lectionary, uh again and again and again in scripture, not just here, but everywhere. The relationship between God and his people is described as a marriage. I mean, culminating in the very last image in the Bible as, as heaven is as being like a wedding feast. And so yesterday we talked about how this love is fruitful. And there are certainly images of that in what we read here today in Psalm Solomon chapter 2. But this passage, I think, more than just making us think about the fruitfulness of love, reminds us that love with God is to be delightful. It's to be delightful. We can delight in God's presence. I usually record these on Friday, the Friday prior to the week. And so Friday night, tonight, uh, since I'm recording this on the 25th, Jill and I uh, will go out to dinner. Uh, Friday night is kind of our night to go out and do that. So it's a beautiful, beautiful Western New York day. It's only going to be dipping down to about the high 50s tonight. So it should be really comfortable around dinner time for us to go to a restaurant where we can eat outdoors. And I will be able to look her in the eye. And for the first time in a few days, we will be able to talk without our children talking over top of us. Uh, we'll be able to talk about things we want to talk about instead of what our children sort of... Uh, force us into talking about um, all those wonderful things about our children, how they are uh, you know, the stuff I said yesterday about how uh, human relationship is supposed to be fruitful like, I love our kids, and they are definitely a sign that our marriage has been fruitful. But it's important for me also to not say, okay, well we've achieved the goal then of our marriage. No, we want to continue to delight in each other. In this text, in the Song of Solomon, I think it keeps our image of marriage from being what we might call agricultural. <laughs> like, if you, like me, believe that marriage is designed to be fruitful, it's important that we not just think about it in terms of like, well, you know, it's kind of our job to, to breed and have babies. Like, no, it's, that's not why we're here with each other. There's also a measure of delight that we're supposed to take in each other in marriage. And if this depicts our relationship with God in any meaningful way, then we have to ask ourselves, like, in what way does our relationship with God not only bear fruit, like I asked you to think about yesterday, but in what way does it bring us delight? In what way do we really delight in God? And, you know, the way that we experience delight is tricky. Sometimes when people talk about this, like, how much do you really love God? It can very easily fall into kind of, like, less than helpful, shaming kind of language, because how do you... how do you? Um, you know, how do you make yourself feel delight in, in another person? Or how do you make yourself feel delight in God if you're feeling kind of frustrated with something in your life? Um, but it seems to me there are some things we can do to increase our sense of delight with God. And to me, it's that kind of balance of presence and mystery that make us feel delight. Um, presence is really important. Being with another person consistently I have an ex-girlfriend who I used to find delightful, but I don't really find delightful anymore. And part of the reason why I don't find her delightful is because we haven't been together for 25 years. And so because of that, it's hard for uh, it's hard for me to think, oh yeah, uh, I, I would still really like to be with her because I don't feel that way anymore. It's been a quarter century since we've really seen each other. <laughs> and so I don't feel that sense of delight. But you know, if... It can work the other way too, where there's so much presence, and not really any mystery. We experienced this, I think, during the pandemic when we were so close with our family. We saw so much of our family, especially those first couple months of the pandemic, that we would get really frustrating with each other. And a little mystery also helps us to be, uh, helps us to delight in another person. And so there's that balance of presence and mystery that makes delight possible. And I'd really encourage you, if you're thinking about how to increase your sense of delight with God, to maybe think in that same way. Um, There are times where we really need to tune up the presence with God. There are times when we simply don't delight in God because we don't prioritize spending time with God. It's really important for us to prioritize spending time with Him. Spend time in the Word. Spend time just sitting silently with God. That's really important. But, you know, it's also good to just let some mystery be with God from time to time. Um, sometimes, and especially working at a Christian college, this is a danger because we sometimes can look at the Bible as kind of a, a text to be um, dissected and understood. And we get to say, what's the meaning? What's What does it mean? And so we use all of our historical critical tools. And uh, one of the uh, authors I really like, Anna Carter-Florence, she described it as uh, as people... Uh, tying the text to a chair and torturing it until it gave up its meaning. And um, it's good for us to realize that, you know, there are some things about God that we don't fully understand and we never will. And that mystery can actually help us to delight in him more. If God were something that we could completely understand and completely comprehend, there would be very little delight, really. There would be only a sense of how can I, how can I, uh, how do I control or manipulate this God to get what I want? Or a sense of I'm only kind of God's servant, sort of looking up at God and thinking, how do I sort of fit within his system? But if I want to delight in God, I need to have that balance of being really present, building a home with God, but also allowing the mystery to be sometime and just sitting with some things that are beyond us. Let me pray for you. God, I think about all the people that I'm privileged to talk to, and I know that for each of them there's something different going on, and some of them are deeply in love with you right now and feel very deeply that sense of connection and delight, and others don't. Maybe some are angry, maybe some are defensive, or some are just tired. We pray, God, that you will um, speak to each where they are, woo them, reassure them of your deep love for them, Reassure them that you're not going anywhere while they sort of feel, feel through what they're feeling right now and think through how they want to go forward. Reassure them of their deep, or your deep love, though, God, because that's, that's the, source, the source of our life. We pray, God, that in time, they will that all creation will learn to delight in you, and especially those to whom I'm privileged to speak today. And we pray, God, that today might be a little step in that direction that you might do something to sort of open people's eyes to your love for them and help them to delight in you more as they experience your love for them. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again, my great privilege. We'll look forward to talking to you next month. October is here, and so we'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow, October 1st. All right, until then, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.